There was no mail for me that morning, but that was no surprise. There had been no mail for me in the three weeks I'd been renting that tiny second-floor suite of offices near Oxford Street. I closed the door of the outer eight-by-ten office, skirted the table and chair that might one day house a receptionist if the time ever came that Cavell Investigations could run to such glamorous extras, and pushed open the door marked Private. Behind that door lay the office of the head of Cavell Investigations, Pierre Cavell. Me. And not only the head, but the entire staff. It was a bigger room than the reception office. I knew that because I'd measured it, but only a trained surveyor could have told it with the naked eye. I'm no Sybarite, but I had to admit that it was a pretty bleak sort of place. The distempered walls were of that delicate tint of off-gray pastel shading from off-white at floor level to off-black just below the ceiling that only London fog and the neglect of years can achieve. In one wall, overlooking a narrow grimy courtyard, was a tall, narrow window, washed on the inside with a monthly calendar close by. On the linoleum-covered floor, a square desk, not new, a swivel chair for me, a padded leather armchair for the client, a strip of threadbare carpet to keep the client's feet from getting cold, a hat rack, and a couple of green metal filing cabinets, both empty. Nothing more. There was no room for anything more. I was just lowering myself into the swivel chair when I heard the deep double chime of the bell in the reception room and the sound of hinges creaking. Ring and enter, the legend on the corridor door read, and someone was doing just that, ringing and entering. I opened the top left-hand drawer of my desk, pulled out some papers and envelopes, scattered them before me, pulled a switch by my knee, and had just risen to my feet when the knock came at my inner door. The man who entered was tall, thin, and a close student of the tailor and cutter. A narrow lapelled coat hung over an immaculately cut charcoal suit in the latest Italian line, and in his suede-gloved left hand he carried his other glove, black bowler, briefcase, and a few inches up his wrist, a tightly rolled, horn-handled black umbrella. He had a long, pale, narrow face, thin black hair parted in the middle and brushed almost straight back, rimless glasses, an aquiline nose, and on the upper lip, a thin black line that on closer inspection still looked like a thin black line, miniaturization of the moustache brought to an almost impossible state of perfection. 